Okay, good. Okay, so we're at the, toward the end, on page three of your copy of, of Dessler's very important overview of Munas Lachamim and Das Terah, which he last week tied in with the Megillah. And now we're going to recap, and then he's going to summarize why this is so, is so important. for Klai Yisrael's uh, process and the Yechidim just as much. So take a look. It's on page 77, page 3 of the copy. And let's start. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 lines from the top and the middle of the line. Kan Lamadnu. So if you recall from last week and the week before, he was discussing the process that uh, triggered the Machlechus between Mordechai and Klai Yisrael. They felt he was putting himself in danger, more importantly them in danger, and he was being too machmer, and he was being too fanatic. And the process in the Megillah, which had a good ending, was that they came around and realized that he understood there were things going on that needed a tikkun in Klai Yisrael for the suda they went to, the desire to mingle with the Gayim, the original problem with Nebuchadnezzar and the Avodah or the Marasayan Shaboy, and that's why he understood that this was the Nisayan of the day, which he had to pass, but more importantly, they had to pass. And they actually did come to that conclusion, joined him in the Tainus, joined him in the Tshuva process, and We'll speak soon uh, how long that tshuva process take, and we're discussing after the shear why it took 70 days to send out the second letters after Shirdi got Haman neutralized. That's the politically correct word they use today? I see it bandied around a lot. Um, neutralized like it's, you know, I'm not sure if it's an acid or a base, so we just do it, uh, you know, get them down to a... Uh, but. Uh, they don't use that when the guy's just uh, incap- incapacitated, right? That's neutralized has a pretty serious uh, connotation. So, for Amalek and for Haman and the like, that's certainly a uh, mitzvah deresa and it saved Klai Yisrael, but not yet because he's gone and it's going to save Klai Yisrael if there's nobody leading the assault if they have the protection that they need from the king. If they don't even have some sort of counter-document, then there were enough masses, Amalek and, uh, and their cohorts, who would be more than happy to carry it out. So, Haman is gone, and they wait to write this all-important letter, and we're going to address that, Mr. Shem, when we finish this piece. But the good ending was they understood that their whole taina was that you, Mordechai Tzadik, are causing the Gzeirah, and the exact opposite was true. What brings the Gezeiras is not the quote-unquote mistake, as we perceive it, of a leader. It's the fact that they were looking at uh, the world in a gashmiistic way, what we'd like to see cause and effect right in front of us, which is usually not only 
inaccurate, it's often the opposite of what the reality is. And that is something you got to remind yourself day in and day out. The, if you get up early enough, you see a sunrise and that you could take as real. But even that, that's pretty basic. Sunrise and then Shkia, whenever that is, says whenever that is, and the stars come out. You can be duped into thinking that that's the Seder Elam and that's Mother Nature, and just Bachmalatslan cross out Kosh Baruch Hu from every nace that happens every morning and just put it in Mother Nature. And many billions of people who have done that. And the ones who didn't do that just put in that guy who was upside down in the box and said he did it. So it's a little tricky. You're looking at things that look uh, very real, and they are real in the sense that Hashem made a physical world. Everything is supposed to be used for Avedis Hashem, remind us of what Hashem is doing on a minute-to-minute basis, not to move further away from it. And that's certainly true with, uh, we thank HaKosh Baruch Hu for helping us out of uh, any Magefa and any Chayli, and that requires a Maidim every day, but if that becomes a separate religion, that's going to defeat the whole purpose of the wake-up call. But it's not uh, what we figure out how to do, and we've spoken about that already a few times on the need for not inviting any more wake-up calls. Elena. Khan, the mobile line. Khan lamadnu ma'mevius exeris im ta'yaseim shagadeli aderis, which is what they thought. Oima, his words here are so powerful. It's not a long piece. We've been on three weeks because you have to memorize this and internalize it. Or the fact that we're getting sucked into this uh, incorrect assessment of what's really going on, and it's really a mirage. It's a mirage that's set up, not a reflection of the horizon in the desert. Hashem set it up to give us the Bria, to use it, to enjoy it, so we have the Yishuvadas to do the Avedis Hashem, but as soon as it becomes an end unto itself, to be harnessed for our desires, being good to Akash Baruch Hu's Vatsan Hashem, then it uh, defeats the whole purpose. Alpi Mash Mara Bechush Meduma, and people looking at it with their glasses that are not really reflecting reality. And therefore, when they run into Das Terror, which is as best as possible, trying to harness looking at everything in a Ruchniyazdika lens and not being fooled by the Gashmias, so there's automatic pushback as soon as that's done, because it doesn't look like it's the reality. And if the disaster actually strikes, So then we didn't learn anything. That's the godless of the Nahapachu perm, is that they did learn it in that dar. You know, one of the uh, many reactions of a long and bitter gullus, and we're not here to criticize anybody, and we are right now, Baruch Hashem, and the very sweet relatively easy part of it, relatively, is an understatement. We don't know what it's like to go midol waking up with pachad on 
whether there's going to be a pogrom line or they're going to invade and they're going to throw them out of their houses. It's, it's hard to imagine. That's what the history is important to know, to understand. Also, for the Maidan part of Ashman Esrei, how good we have it for the gullus conditions. Lamaisa, when Haskalah started, when Napoleon broke down the ghetto walls, and he thought he was trying to be a nice guy. I don't know exactly what he was thinking, but that's what he claimed. There were many people who were so drunk with the opportunity to just become Gechad Amim and join, similar to the Sudhachashverish, but in a much uh, bigger way. And there's one taiva that can almost be excused under the circumstance in a limited way. There's no excuse for not keeping mitzvahs. But we understand why they just want to like blend in because it's dangerous and it's, it hurts. And you can even delude yourself into thinking in a Havamina that, well, maybe if we're taka friendlier, okay, as Chazal Asa said, he's like, you know, we have the perfect 2020 hindsight to know that doesn't work and it, it's a boomerang and it goes in the wrong direction. But you can understand that in certain generations they might make that mistake. If they wouldn't make this one mistake, and that's why Desla makes such a big thing out of this, because he says it's an Iker Yisoyed in all of Yiddishkeit. The Maserah depends on this particular Tayyar. You can make a mistake and have a Taiva to be less from, or and you want to be Redif Mumin, and you want to learn less. These are all Yetzirah is built in. It's not good, but it's understandable. But if you want to take Kleist on direction and start a new movement, a new religion, basically, and an ism, pick your ism, communism and secular Zionism and, and re- reform, and it, uh, pick your, it's all the same thing. It was all to run away and just shed whatever proximity they had to anything to do with what they pictured as a difficult past. If your final allegiance is to Das Teira and you run the idea by them, which they did, and they said, we understand where you're coming from, and the Goyim are pretty bad, and we're trying to figure out how to like, coexist and survive, but this is not the answer. And if you're cuff of the Das Teira, you won't create a new religion. You won't create a new movement. You'll understand that they're, tell, they're tr- saying, trust us, this is not the answer. They'll tell you, we don't have an answer. It's That's God's conditions. Either say there is no answer or suggest something else. Uh, but political activism has a role. So uh, we're trying to get more people in the head. They're doing wonders and being involved because they were left, right, and center. And uh, who was it? It was King of Poland for a day? Shaw Wall? It's going to be a Marcus Lehman there somewhere. On, uh, and he was, well, they're all drunk. They couldn't, uh, couldn't appoint a king. So, and they have to have a king right away. So they appointed him as king for a day. That's the way the story goes. So one day you can vote a lot of Xeris. And they had a lot of Xeris in Poland. So they're always good from Sadiqah who are in the right place at the right time trying to help out. But if you have even, if you're not trying to start complete reform, <laughs> complete Haskalah, but if you have ideas that are changing the fabric of Klaisrael and you think it's a great idea and that's how Rosh is necessary, so good, so run it by the elements, see if they agree. And if they don't agree and they say love with an element, you back down. And that's what happened at Perm. They strongly disagree with Mordechai, but they back down. And if you don't back down and you're a bayat and kaifer barabbasayim, which is what he's describing over here, then there's no stopping the damage that can be done because nobody's going to hold in check. And the good news is we don't have, in Gulf conditions, official elections. And we don't even have official elections for a king. The king has to be a to the people, but he's really the Bechir Hashem. He's both. And 
the mile of a king, if he stays at Sadiq, is that he's supposed to enforce halacha and enforce the ashkafa of what Klai Yisrael is supposed to be doing and moving in the right direction. And they did it. David HaMelech did it. That's obviously the best example. Shlom HaMelech did it also, but interestingly enough, um, we spent many months here, many years ago, uh, Shlom HaMelech, he met completely Shem Shemayim, and Shlom HaMelech died at Tzaddik and is an old Haba and gave us uh, Kahelas and Mishla even hard to comprehend this. but his mistake was is that either the Sahedrin disagreed but they didn't do it vocally enough or he didn't listen but there were there were other Gdalim at the time and he was relatively young somebody should have said or maybe they didn't and he didn't listen because he was Chacham Adam he says no you can't be over this din, and we're not there's time at a crawl when it's exera against you, and layabla and Asher, not going to work. So, what went wrong? The answer is, is that somebody was not kafuf to the system enough, and he was suggesting bold changes completely shame shemayim, unlike all the other isms I just described, but not shame shemayim. He completely shame shemayim. The Kosh Baruch Hu Dafka made an example of him. You're not going to live long enough to put the plan into place, because otherwise people are going to think they could just do whatever they want. So that's why this is so important, is that everybody has ideas, and the ideas could be fleshed out, and they could be discussed, and they won't bring it up, and nobody ever uh, shoots anybody over, over a question. The question is, after it's discussed, are they accepting that the answer is no, this is not a mahalach? So let's see his lashon here. They're still in this mode that they are entitled to opinion. This has gotten exponentially worse in democracy and then got exponentially worse after that with the advent of the blogs and everything else where you could say whatever you want and don't even have to sign your name. <laughs> so there's no accountability at all. And that's a problem. Again, we have, if you're from, uh, you, it's a great, great myla and opportunity to live in a democracy because then they just leave you alone. And we're not being kafui toiv. It's an unbelievable opportunity which, by and large, we're using. And people are staging. But that's the downside. Now he gets into this next part. Interesting is this is where we're soon going to end the whole shtickel. This next part is perhaps the heaviest, and he's not even going to go into it by Arichus. But he said that when things do go wrong and the tshuva wasn't done, again, Perm was a very happy ending, except for Esther, who was stuck in the palace. But she was happy Klaisol was saved. If the Magefa, the Paranias, does come, and there wasn't enough tshuva to ward it off. Not only can it come with a vengeance, but it can even start with tzaddikim. Tzaddikim won't be exempt. Once the satan's given rishus, then there's no chilik, there's no chilik. It can sometimes start with tzaddikim. He says in the brackets, because it's a whole separate sugya. There are many reasons, deep reasons, why that's so. Maybe I can write another letter and go into that. It's really a separate, very deep, and uh, it's not about Tzadik Ra'alu Asher V'Toiv Lai. Tzadik Ra'alu Asher V'Toiv the answer, as hard it is to handle when you're looking at it, is that you got to look at Olam Haba, not Olam Haza. But over here, if the Pranius came and the people weren't listening, so why is Tzadik getting it? So he alluded to the fact that it could be a Kapara for the Dar, it is a Kapara for the Dar, but that's not the whole explanation. That's why I put it in parentheses. If things continue to go off track, there's a need, Rachman, it's not for more Pranius. Rashi, bringing for Rashi and Yuma and Pevav, 
that the naysayers will use this as a raya to their own kruma hashkafas, and they'll say, you see, what is it good to work on your Vesh Hashem, be mason efesh for your ruchnias? You see, Sadiqim got killed just as much as everybody else, they even got killed first. So they use this as a raya that they're right. You see what's happening? They also got got hurt, got punished. And anybody who is interested in not seeing the MS and moving away from it, they take it as their uh, job in life to point out whenever tzaddikim are suffering or even if it's not suffering to that extent, but anything that's wrong, they want to point it out. Why are they doing that? They're doing it because it makes them feel, they think, a little bit easier. Though oh, I see. That's a good thing I didn't work that hard. You see, it, it doesn't make a difference anyway. It doesn't make a difference. Life is very, very short, even 150 years. And we're not at the end yet, but they don't care. They just want to point out something that will make them feel good. Laharis Bechush. They want to show, again, Bechush means in the physical reality, they would be more than happy to show, unfortunately, Shasadikim Oivdim Bitzit Kasam. You're such a tzaddik, you see what happens, you're acting too from. Had they not done tshuva, the next step would have been naturally, you see, you're putting yourself in danger, putting everybody in danger is terrible, because they're going to come. Aha! The only Maila, and this is an incredible. The aha didn't come. I told you so, it never came. That's a tremendous saying. <laughs> Everybody loves saying, I told you so. No, do you ever hold yourself back from it? I told you so. So we don't like saying it's too grub. I told you so. I didn't told you so. I mentioned something like this, didn't I? So they didn't say it. Why? They had tzchus and they were good people, and they did tshuva. I mentioned last week, I, part of the theory over here is they probably looked at the map, and they said, Hashem has a promise to Christ, well, we're from people. One person is going to decide the fate of all guys. It doesn't make sense. So it must be there's something going on over here beneath the surface that is everybody's issue, not Mordechai's issue. And whatever it is that got them to realize that, they did a very quick na'apachu. Yechon la'aras ba'etzba, what they could have done, they could have pointed with their finger, Kisei says it Kasa and it's his fault. Avahim Asachuva. Midas Auma Sulitan, the Gayim and the Rishaim. Or he's busy saying, and this is a, a quote from the uh, Pasik where the Gayim were trying to show. You see, Klaisal is not the Amanifkar, you see. The um, Minim, we are in video. The Minim throughout the generations, the Middle Ages, use this like every day. So you want to write, you're not the Amenifcha, look at all your suffering. We can do whatever you want and throw you around. They use that as a raya. If you have a good knowledge of history and good 2020 hindsight and you're sitting in comfortable New York or New Jersey, you can look back and say, well, um, we're still here. And uh, we're growing. And uh, obviously that raya uh, is not correct. But you got to hang on, and which Klai Yisrael did. And be around to be able to prove that. But the meanwhile, they love using this. Am Hashem Eila, you're supposed to be the Amanivcher, Afapikem Me'artsa Yatsu. It's a short quip. Am Hashem Me'artsa Yatsu. You went to Golda, so how are you the Am Hashem? So they use this as a tiny. You're obviously not the Am Hashem anymore. We are. And it wasn't just the Minim. There was a guy, begins with an M, I came down from a mountain. I don't know if you heard of him. Uh, <laughs> 
He said the same thing. And he's willing to first accommodate. It always starts the same way. The original Minim were Jews. In this case, they weren't, but he was going to get them all on their side because he said, I'm not like those Minim. You're going to, this can be good over here. We're going to make uh, Sabbath, Sabbath, and it's going to be, uh, yeah. And then he saw no one was coming. So he switched it to Friday and became pretty anti-Semitic. They're not joining anyway. Might as well make it a different day. Sunday was taken. So we're running out of days. So, so it's the same story. So now we're the Amenevcher. <laughs> so the, they're bringing us right. Well, you're in Gullah, so obviously not. The answer is that's temporary, and we have it all over davening. <laughs> and we know it's temporary, and we know the, as the Chachmei Umazaylam will say, the biggest raya that we're the Amenevcher and there's something very special going on is that we're still here. We're not only here, we're thriving. You couldn't say that so loud at certain points in history, and it was difficult. And they lost no opportunity to try to point that out. So we're living at a vantage point where it's a lot easier to understand that. But Sam Islamitan is going on for a couple thousand years, and hopefully we're at the tail end. Lazev is Dimian Hachush. So we have to, Maratzel Yatsu is their statement. Midas and to move away from the false impression we get from the physical realities of the world. And not everybody's expected to be in the same Adrega B'Tachim to always see this. And that's fine. As long as before you make some wild changes that are inappropriate, ask somebody who knows better. And they'll give you a reality check of what's real reality. That's all asking to do. We're not expecting everybody to be in the same Adrega. We're just expecting people to understand when they don't understand and not to start flying off the handle and coming to some conclusions of how they're going to fix the problem if that's not really the root of the problem. That's what he's getting at. That's why the Messiah is telling him this. There's a reason why that sounds very stark. Shmuel and Avia, three years old. Matter of fact, many, many years ago. That's where we started here. I was in that side of the room. The first Misa, no, you remember that? I was uh, I don't know if you were here then. I think I was over there. I don't know if they changed the move around, but he was three years old. And Elise told Hannah, There's nothing I can do. We're about to make a carbon, it's being delayed. Yes, why is it being delayed? The kind of weren't on duty, but Ben Ailey, that whole problem, why they weren't on duty, the best measures, but they shouldn't have been, they had an assistant, whatever the problem was. Hey, so what's the problem? Let's get going. No need claiming for that. So they reported that to Ailey's office, and he said, that's pretty sharp. Yeah, he had a drusha. That's a real din. And he said, I'm sorry to say, though, that that's Merlach Merabba. There's a guttel sitting in the office over there, and it wasn't a personal thing. He actually probably got a lot of nachas, a brilliant, uh, brilliant drusha, and great application. It's Chai Misa. Why is he Chai Misa? There's a Chana had to beg, how she got him out of that. There's a whole schmooze, which we... You can go check that cheer somewhere on the systems, the first one, or the second one. What's the Makhala Rasha Zeis? Okay, it's a very mature three-year-old. Okay, so, four years old. Chiyamisa? Why is it Chiyamisa? So once you finish the shtickle, you understand. Baruch Rabbi, our whole Messiah depends on not doing that. This is not a free-for-all. You can ask a question, you can state your opinion, you can discuss it, but it's got to be with the proper cover, not just this is the way it is, and he was right. He happened to be right on the issue. And Ailey wouldn't have even argued. He would have listened to the drush. Had he gone to Ailey and asked, I see they're waiting. What? 
But he didn't say that. He was mature enough, smart enough to say, this is not necessary. Go do it. And he was right. But the process wasn't. And Shmuel and Avi is going to be in charge of the Messiah, and he has to know that. And Eli said, I can't forgive him if I wanted to. How then he got a pardon is a different Shmuel, which we discussed then. But that must be a pretty important yisoyed if it becomes a chi of Misab de Shemayim. And that's not the only Chazal that talks about the harsh punishment. It has nothing to do with Mechila from the Rebbe. Last two lines. Chisar and Akaris is spotless lumus rabbeseinu. This lack of humility and a spotless toward a rabbeim. Zesherish kolchatas. Now what does he mean by that? This can be misquoted and misunderstood. It's not the sherish of all our areas. We have plenty of taivas and yetzaharas for other things. But what holds us in check most of the time as a people and even as yechidim is if there's a spotless that somebody can call you to task and take a task and say, that's wrong, you're going in the wrong direction, there's somebody you're going to listen to. And without that, nobody stands a chance. That's why he calls it a spotless. Zesherish kalchatas tchilas kalchorben and without that, we have no Messiah, and we can't possibly succeed, because everybody would love to be, due to the inherent gaiva and everybody, left to their own devices. So that is not just for the architecture of Klai Yisrael making decision and government issues and how Klai Yisrael runs. This is just as much for Yechidim as it is for the Klal. That ends the piece. For now, we will definitely have occasion to refer to it. In the meantime, I'd like to just begin the next piece. We only have a few minutes. Uh, so if you can quickly give this out. And I referred to this two weeks ago, but I wanted to show you inside. This is from the Birch's Parrots. I'd like to say, you know, every, every shtickle here is a classic. Uh, if you knew the stipler, who you heard a few weeks ago... Uh, I told over one of the, uh, when I was by the stipler, I saw what is as close to, as I'm, oh, I'm ever going to see. Maybe, you know, the Mashiach will come tomorrow, I'll see Nisim Gulim and the Vesemitish. But before that happens, I was sitting there, I don't know if I ever told you the Maitzvah, I'm not going to say it over now, but uh, it's the, uh, to my recollection, the, only time I saw an open display of, uh, of Ruach HaKadosh on the spot. He, he was a scary person, I say in a, in a positive way. He was, and I was, I don't know, all of 16, maybe, and uh, I had gone to uh, B'nai Brak for Shabbos just to be able to be there first, much of Shabbos, to be able to get in. And it was a safe yama, I think it was Nifter, uh, within, within a couple of years. And, but I'm not going to go into that story now. It's probably on some, I probably said it somewhere. If not, I'll decide to... <laughs> we didn't... Uh, whatever the reasons that I want to say it. Ad hoc, but it's not for the... I'm describing to you the, uh, the Birch's Peretz. The author here is the stipler. And Birch's Peretz has... Uh, like, Chayelim has a lot of heavy musr, and he really says it like it is in a very short way. Each shtickle says two pages at, at most. So... If I had to uh, give a title to this piece, I would say that it's about not trying to help HaKadosh Baruch Hu which we try to do a lot. We have plans, and we're going to help Hashem do on earth, which is what we're here to do, but when I say help HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I mean it uh, 
I don't mean it sarcastically, but as a uh, as a borrowed expression, we're here to be magdalik for Shemayim. We're not helping Hashem. Hashem doesn't need help. Hashem doesn't need anything. We also have to know that the Kiddush Hashem Shemayim and the mitzvahs we do are magdalik for Shemayim. But often we daven and we ask Hashem for many different things we think we need, and these things are or can be kalim that we're going to use in our avodas Hashem. We're not hallucinating. It's not always true. And sometimes we push the agenda and we start doing things to get to that end because we're convinced that we need this and we're convinced we're doing L'shem Shemayim, which we might be 50% or 80% or 10%. And then we start doing things that are now skipping over important details because we feel, oh, it's so important that I have this, whether it be uh, the money aspect, whether it be the, uh, the covet aspect, whether it be in Shidduchim, tomorrow morning is going to be part three, maybe the final one of this uh, very sensitive topic we started in Muncie on Sunday for Shavivim. So if you're still listening to the first two, I'm going to try to... Um, there's a lot more we have to say on it, but it's about um, Bashert, which is, uh, for one word, a pretty uh, widely debated topic. Everything's Bashert. There's Nigzer Rosh Hashanah, what we're going to get, and the, uh, there's Nigzer at the beginning of our life. There are a lot of Chazals on this, which we didn't get to yet, but... We, as individuals who don't want to have the same as Batlus we just spoke about from the Desler, say, yeah, but we want to make our own decisions, and we're going to, as long as we're L'shem Shemayim or some L'shem Shemayim, so we're going to help with the agenda, and therefore we're going to push to have this, that, and the other thing, and do this, that, and the other thing, to be able to get there. And sometimes that's regular Shadlus and Armadrega, and that's fine. And sometimes we're begging Hashem, we're so L'shem Shemayim, it's Takas And sometimes we're pushing in the wrong direction, doing things we shouldn't be doing, and it's unnecessary, and we're not helping Chash Baruch Hu. So that's what this article is about, the fact that when you think you're doing something, even if you think you're helping, certainly if you're a Russia and you're trying to hinder it's totally irrelevant. At the end of the day, the Rosh Hashem will be Mekuyim, and you could do whatever you want and stand in your head. It's not going to do anything. And there are a million rayas from Tanakh, but he goes through some very famous ones. The two we're going to focus on is, first one, Sefer Shemais, on what Paro could and couldn't accomplish and what's going to happen with Klai Yisrael, which we're living through now in the Parshish. And the other main part is going to be the Megillah. It's amazing how the Megillah is so central to all these Yisaitis, and he's going to point out that not only can we not go against what's Nigzer and Shemayim and the Ratz and Hashem, but everything we do, which we think we're running our own show, will actually get us a lot closer to the kind of Ratz and Hashem and go in the exact opposite direction of what we're trying to do if it's not Ratz and Hashem and we're not looking into what that Ratz and Hashem should be. So not only will it not work, it'll be the exact opposite. It'll move us in, in the 180 degrees, the exact opposite direction, and we think we're moving this way, and Kosh Baruch will use everything we do in our Ishtadlis to get us over here, which can be a little disconcerting, and it shouldn't be, because as long as you're not violating any din, and you're doing the mitzvahs, and you're asking Dastair, what should you be doing, then Hashem will reward your Ishtadlis with success, either Be'el HaMazer or Be'el mainly Be'el but also sometimes you see Be'el Sometimes yes, sometimes not. But at least it won't be a brachal He's going to describe the Rashaim who were trying to fight against the Gash Baruch Hu, and they thought they were succeeding. And they're going to make sure that we get rid of all those Yidin, and the easiest way to get rid of them, 
Mount Sinai is to just get rid of all the boys and drown them all. And uh, as we know, he puts that into official royal edict very quickly and ruthlessly and very systematic, and it worked 99.999% of the time. It also caused him to end up raising the one person his astrologers told him is dangerous for your regime and you got to get rid of him. <laughs> That's why he killed everybody else. And he floats down the Nile. You'd be laughing if you didn't hear the story before. But it's like, it's almost comical. Here he's doing everything. And it's a man of immense power. He has more power than anybody else on earth. And he's going to make sure this doesn't happen. And every step he makes and every implementation of that law is going to bring Moshe Rabbeinu closer to a life of complete, an upbringing of complete security. No one's going to go near him. No one's going to touch him. He's going to be healthy. He's going to eat well. And he's going to be trained in leadership qualities. And it's all done by Paro, the guy who's killing the whole country to get him. You couldn't make that up if you tried. But Sniper points us out. It's like, look at the other ships. Every step he makes is his undoing. Yeah? So based on that, why if, if Basia found Moshe in the Nile, and this is obviously the edict that Paro just enacted, that's the godless of it. His own daughter. She says, Tati, whatever. She's going to say, can I keep this baby I just found in my river? Yeah. You would think he'd say, no, we're supposed to kill all these so, boys. Absolutely. And especially if you're a power, you think you have your antenna up. And you know already, like he puts on a good show. Moshe Rabbeinu comes later on and he says, uh, which God? Let me look this up in the Encyclopedia of Gods. I don't see him. I got the guy with his head in the carton over there from India. And I got this other guy. I don't, he's not listed over here. Just give me alphabetical order. What is he? So Moshe Rabbeinu says, Hashem, he's the only one. You got to get a different encyclopedia. So he didn't know that. The answer is, of course he knew that. He didn't want to know it. So he pretends to ignore it. When you have a princess, you probably have one at home, but I'm not going to use her as an example. Tell it's good for Shaduchim. I just spoke with Yeshever Brothers just yesterday. Uh, <laughs> you tell me how old she is. So, uh, a father who has, the, she was like probably the brains in the family. With Basia as a Madrega, she was extremely talented, apparently. Brave, talented, brilliant, and very, very shrewd in dealing with her. So what happened over there, we'll never know the exact conversation, but if your daughter, who you would do anything for, comes in and says, I found such a cute baby who's crying, and he's so mature, and he's like, he looks like a baby, but he already has Ruach HaKadosh, and I saw a great light. I, I, she probably left that part out, uh, because that would be a real giveaway. Uh, can I keep him? <laughs> so if Paro was logical, which he was until he was talking to her. He says, no, you can't keep him. That's why we're trying to kill everybody else. Is to get him. He's probably the guy. <laughs> He's probably the guy. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so why do you think everybody else is floating down the Nile but not surviving? So, yes, that sounds very logical. But that, that's exactly why he's starting off with this example. It's, it's pure, only a Koshboku can arrange something like this. Is that he's not only going to be saved. We're not saving him in a cave. We're going to save him in your palace and you're going to pay the credit card bills. It's going to be your daughter. So what did she tell him? I don't know, but she took care of it. I probably, I think, would be safe to assume she didn't tell him. I happened to be by the Nile. He said, what were you doing out there? Said, oh, I was going to the mikvah because I was being Megayer. I'm Jewish now. She probably left that part out. 
because that would also be a giveaway. <laughs> so I assume that she didn't tell him any of that, and she just said, oh, it's, I know it's saying but what's the chances we killed a Hassan? We killed millions of boys already. What's the chances? If, if this is the baby, you might as well buy a lottery ticket. That's what probably she told him, which is a pretty good argument, no? What's the chances? Yeah, but the fact this was what Rob just said was that the Khartoumi, they said that you, you, you... Yeah, they, they told him it's a mixed message. We're not exactly sure where this is coming from, but you should get... That's why I made the exam on the Mitzri also. They said, we're not really sure... Wait, he's a Mitzri, he's a Yid, he's brought up here. They weren't sure. That should have been a dead giveaway. So Pyro, after she's pleading, can I keep him, probably said, you know, you can't get good help these days. I pay this guy a tremendous salary, and these guys can't get a simple stargazing right. What's the matter with these guys? This is Mitzrayim. They're supposed to be... So he... It's Lahavdal uh, Elifavdalus. I had a, a father, good guy, come over to me a few years back, and he said, uh, can we go over that din uh, you mentioned about the muksa with the puppies on Shabbos? That already sends alarms in my head. I said, what puppy? I'm sure you don't have a puppy. He said, well, last week I didn't. I said, what happened? Your daughter found one and she begged you to keep him. He said, yeah. <laughs> but he said, I can't turn her down. I said, you know, it's a puppy. This guy really doesn't like dogs. Like, if he was making an exam about putting all the other dogs in the nile, which you shouldn't do, but it's not really so she was Basia, and she knew how to get things done and, and play on that, but she didn't tell him, no, I'm really Jewish now, and I figured out this is probably the girl of the Yid, and I'm going with him, and uh, she probably left all that out. <laughs> so, uh, but it's a Pella, it's still a Pella, because if the Stargazers, if you're listening to them, you pay these guys a big salary, this is exactly the kid we're looking for. <laughs> it's exactly the one who's near the palace, who's probably Jewish, but is dealing with Mitzrayim, that's the, that's the one. And if you're not supposed to see it, you're not going to see it. That's the goddess. That's the introduction to this piece. Um, I want to get back to the 70 years with the Igorists. We'll get to that. Please remind me next week. And we'll get to that next week. I assume that everybody for their two-day vacation is coming to the Nobis here next month at Shabbos. So, um, of course, that's push it. Okay. Have a good vach. Recording stopped.